Welcome back to The Hard Shoulder. Well, regular listeners will know at this time, every Friday, we have an hour of chit-chat. We call it the final furlong. We look over the past seven days and we try and dredge some humour and controversy out of our victims. This week, it's a great pleasure to welcome Kieran Cuddy, presenter of On The Record every Sunday here on News Talk, uh, 11 till 1, star guests, and he's got a great producer in Stephen. Um, yeah, Barbara Scully, who every time she, a journalist, every time she appears on this, I go home on a Friday night to Deirdre and she said, that Barbara one is well able for you. So obviously I don't rate Barbara's opinions. Uh, and Steve Commons, who has limerick issues and is a comedian. All right. Thank you all for joining me. Well, of course, we have to start oh. with this. All right. Well, I think it is the case. Uh, well, if Evelyn Cusick was on Met Air and Duty this week, we would have had a drama. We would have had all sorts of <laughs> world records created because it's Joanna Donnelly. Uh, we're just about at the 30.2 something uh, degrees in Shannon Airport that's edging us equal to a 40 year record. Uh, but of course, it would take Evelyn to get us to 1887. Now, Steve, yeah. you, you don't look that tanned. Have you know, this is the darkest, how dare you? This is the darkest I've ever been in my life. And I'm so proud of it. It's been beautiful. I love every second of this hot weather. It's great. And it's the joy of why. Like, see about not being tanned, right? Uh, I have been beyond religious with my kids going, sun cream on, sun cream on, sun cream on. Every time they're going down to the bottom of the garden to pick up a football, sun cream on, sun cream on, sun cream on. Dad, are you putting it on? Hell no. <laughs> I mean, we just damage is done in us. Like, there's no way I'm. Now, obviously, I'm. I'm a bit. Sun- but would you be screaming. the type to lie out in it? No, not really. It but, shows. Yeah. But I move around because I would love to say I'm too busy, but no, I'm just. <laughs> I'm too indolent. Uh, no, I. Uh, uh, is there any point beyond which you say ah, it's just a bit too hot? Now, see, I live by the beach, so I jump in the water. Just great. Right. So I've like, I, I'm, I jump in the water most mornings anyway. I'm like the world's fattest Navy Seal. Uh, you, you're beside the sea. Yeah, rush. <laughs> All right. It's beautiful. And it's beautiful. Our beaches right. are spectacular. I mean, I'm not the rush tourist. Board, I think but they lost the, the the white flag or the blue flag. The white I flag. Say, the, in, 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 in rush. Wasn't there an open sewer there? There was an open sewer there for, and, and all the sewage pretty much for North County Dublin was being pumped into the water about 50 feet offshore. Yes, so you've been swimming there. I was wondering what the odour was. As long as you can go past 50 feet. It's the only sign I had to All you got to do around. is if you see a brown shark, just stay out of its way. That's all <laughs> but now all the sewage has been moved, thankfully, to Donabate, so our beaches are in. <laughs> Where it came it. from in the first place, probably. Where where it deserves to be. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, now that we've cleared up the problems in North Dublin, Barbara, are you a fan of the sun? I love Because you are really tanned. Yeah, no, I love it. I absolutely love this weather. Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, fantastic. And it brings so many advantages with it. Every single thing in my house that needs to be washed is washed and put back and away. I have stores of clean bed linen that I've run out of actually things to wash now. I oh, get such joy because of being able to drying. hang out. Great drying. Takes like an hour, two hours and everything is dry. But no and wonder. And you can push out some more. Is it no wonder that <laughs> Irish water's consumption shot up 20 million litres if well, you're doing all your washing in yes, one day? No, no. Uh, that, that, it's very good. And you're saving energy by not putting it in the dryer. And, and washing that's dried outside is much better. But the best thing I love about this weather is being able to eat outdoors, is being able to sit out and have Wasps. your dinner 
it's oh god, I haven't and sit out and have you. My garden is full of bees because I planted loads of the stuff midges for the bees. At you. There's no midges. You can't get rid of them. They swarm over your back. Your no midges. Neck. I don't know where your midges. Maybe they're all dead in Wexford, but there's no midges where I live, and it's just perfect. Being able to sit outside is amazing, and also you watch less telly. I mean, I'm still sitting outside at ten and eleven o'clock at night, so I'm reading more. Drinking. To me, it's all about. We it's l- all about we love the sunshine but if we don't have alcohol in our hands we're not sitting outside <laughs> well, that dehydrates <laughs> you apparently but the question I've got to put to you is while you're while you're all rejoicing with this mm. are you not missing the point that we're we have an imminent drought which we is a very serious problem we just need to like, be a bit careful well, we just me, need to be you, a bit careful would you, would you observe I will when a hose pipe ban before it comes in yeah I've been careful my garden is dying slowly but I'm being careful but if we've got to go, we've got to go. I mean, like, you know what I mean? We've got to look after the humans. Kieran, are you loving it? I love it, but I feel we could do it a day's rain, couldn't we? Absolutely. No, do you know yeah. what? Not a day's Spoken rain, like Kieran. We could farmer. do it a couple of nights' rain. Night's rain. Yeah. Night's rain okay. would be okay. much better. It would be better for the garden. Bit, yeah. yeah, that would be fine. But at the same time, I do not want to put a hex on this by putting that out there to the universe. So I, I have of... to say, last night, myself and my wife checked uh, the, the Met Air and Weather app, and it said there was going to be rain on Monday for a few hours, and we were both delighted. We were like, oh, yeah. brilliant. Because I tell you the problem... I. I it's great and I absolutely love it but uh, when you've got young kids like we just we don't know how long they should be out in the sun you're forever trying to get them in like that you're just lashing sun cream on top of them but it's not and then at night I don't know sorry. what they should be sleeping in are they too hot and forever waking up and going in and checking on them but oh. is there not a more serious issue which is dress code you're wearing shorts today yeah I mean like you are on the hard shoulder I mean like for heaven's that's sake. why I wore them <laughs> Listen, That's why I wore them. Listen, your your boob tube looks beautiful as always, <laughs> Ivan, so don't you worry. Although you have the tan of a man who cycles. Are you cycles? Uh, yeah, well, I just wear shorts all the time, actually. All the time. So do I, but office. I still have pale legs. So there's something something uh, in your jeans. Yeah, maybe. A bit all of right. a blood or something. Okay, well, the general consensus here it's is that I can't kill the joy there. Now, of the big controversy of the week was Newbridge or Nowhere. Uh Kildare, grassroots, apparently won the battle against corporate suits in the GA. Whose side were you on? Do you think it's about time a county board stood up to the GA, a two-day standoff, and eventually game set a match? The match is going ahead uh, at 7pm in St. Connellas Park, despite the fact that it can only have 14 people standing up in the one place at the one time. Kieran, you're a great GA man. Yeah. Uh, are, are, are you celebrating democracy here or what? No, I, like, I think the, the problem with this was, like, if you stand away from it, it is ridiculous that this match is taking place in a venue that only holds, whatever, between eight and 10,000 people. Like, it's ridiculous. Of course it is. It should be in a much bigger venue. Whether it needs to be in the vast wilderness of Croke Park, like it could have been in Port Leash. The problem with the GA... What's the capacity of Port Leash, approximately? Oh, I don't know. Would it's, it be 20? Yeah, it'd be about that, yeah. Okay. Port Leash would be big, like, and they, they don't have... It's not a stand, it's good terracing okay. as well, so you'd fit more people. But... Um, so, uh, the, the issue yeah. with the GEA is that they, they their problem was communication, actually. Like, if you read the rules, it's quite clear that the CCCC, who sets the fixtures, is the ultimate decision maker in where they can go. They allowed a situation to uh, to, to to be created whereby people assumed the home venue was guaranteed. And that 
managers, players, county boards, fans, even in the media, when the draw was being done on RTE, it was all being couched in the in the terms of who's going to get home venue. Yeah. The, I think what you're going to see next year is you'll see that language being softened and even when the draw has been done, it'll be... You'll, so you'll it was an accident waiting to happen. It, even it, with the Super 8s, they may change it. Yeah, like it was an accident. But put it this way, Waterford and Hurland didn't get home yeah. venue because of the rows over Walsh Park or Fratter Field and which one to do up and all that nonsense. Uh, but they knew well in advance that that wasn't going to happen. Like if, if you could imagine if a week before the start of the Hurling Championship, the Munster Championship this year, then the GAA said, actually, you're not, you're not playing any home venues. There would have been similar uproar okay. because they would have had an unrealistic expectation. Like that was it. Kildare had an unrealistic expectation and the GAA just allowed it to happen. So well, it's but, a failure but, but, communication. But given that the priority goes to season ticket holders and it's going to work out two to one Mayo sports because yeah. they have more season ticket holders. Um, and a lot of Kildare people either going to watch it on Sky mm. because it's not on terrestrial yeah. TV or not go to the match. Is there an element to which Kildare, you know, cut off their notice despite their face? Yeah, a little bit. Like Kildare will fancy themselves, despite having lost to, to, to Carlo, that they could beat this May- Mayo team. And even though it will be two to one in terms of fans and it'll be much more red and green in St. Conlet's Park, they probably have a better chance of beating them than in Croke Park Mayo if you gave Mayo an option of where to ha- play any match they pick Croke Park actually if you offered them McHale Park or Croke Park sure. they pick Croke Park I think okay. they lost four games in McHale Park this year okay. so they, they like it, it's as good as a home ground unless it's an All-Ireland final in which obviously uh, they don't have success they love playing in Croke Park okay. so I think they're better off down in Kildare Steve what do you make of it? I I I I struggled to find the energy to care about it, to be honest. I did. It's just, I'm not a big GAF fan. In fact, I'm whatever the opposite of a big GAF fan is. But uh, the one thing everyone was, was screaming, it was health and safety, it was going to be too many people, too many people. So I think, all right, well, there was enough. There was a wider subtext, which was, this is the grab-all association, this is Croke Park money-grabbing, and it's time they got a bloody nose, and that was the most important issue. And I saw the Joe Brawleys and everyone who wants to make a name for themselves rowing into that narrative. Okay. I you know, d- David and Goliath types. No, I can, abso- I can absolutely see that. I mean, like, the GAA has been what, viewed almost as untouchable for many years. But... It, like I, Kieran, as you said it, um, does that mean Kildare are going to have way, way, way less fans now than they would have had at the game? Yeah, as it happens, oh, yeah. yes. So, yes. Th- so that can you know psychologically and whatever yeah. affect them. As I said once again, no expert on Gaa. So, if there's tons of Mayo people there, the odds are they're going to win. Right. So then, yeah. well, the, the bookies go four to nine Mayo. So, um, so Kildare so, anyway. So if, it, if it was held in this studio, Mayo would be. <laughs> so, but so it, know. Was, it was one of those cases where you know. We're standing on principle, even though it ruins us in the end. So, to, you know what I mean? It's like I'm, I don't see like everyone's talking about this big David Goliath thing. I mean, I get. Well, the, no, no, it was it was pretty embarrassing the climb down. Like there was no kind of ifs and buts, and there's a con- like it was you know the rumours was going Tuesday night, Wednesday night to Tullamore, and there was various different. Why do you think they climbed down? Then? I don't know. Why do you think they climbed? I down? think because they knew that. Uh, more trouble the than their county worth. board were serious that they were going to turn yeah. up in St. Conrad's Park and it was just going to be that was going to be more I think they'd realise it's going to be embarrassing either yeah. way here this is embarrassing but slightly less for, so for me the, 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 the untold story is that back in the day Mick O'Dwyer got Kildare to the promised land insofar as he got them into the final stages of the All-Ireland they won Leinster and everywhere you looked there was a, a, a blaze of lily white jerseys yeah. how come 20, 30 years yeah. later, 
they only have a facility for six, eight thousand people. Point, yeah, in other words, point, where yeah. have they been in their high and mighty attitudes and the, the in terms of investing in because they've great, the great pop- corporate support and the population of Kildare is about two hundred thousand. Right. It's a yeah. much bigger I population mean, like, than most, so most really, other counties. I mean, if there's a problem with their ground, there's no one other than no, the Kildare absolutely. County Board. Now it is due to be refurbished. You've just fallen asleep, Barbara. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. What? What? You've just fallen asleep. Yeah. It's very warm. Is it? Yeah. What are we talking about? We covered the weather. We covered the weather. (laughs) Yeah. Don't care. Is there any element of the No, the only thing when I read the thing, because I I mean, I had no interest. This all passed me by. Um, My only, as you know, um, my only kind of knowledge of GAA comes from the fact that one of my daughters played for a while. And I would have thought that as you proceeded up through any championship, you went to bigger grounds. Mm. And that Croker was the, you know, the pinnacle of, marked to the pinnacle of your success. The only thing that I did notice was that the health and safety issue, which was given as, as the reason why it wasn't in Kildare, was the same reason, I think, that the Catholic Church have given as to why there, there is a restricted number of tickets for the Pope in the park. That's all. OK, you're listening to The Hard Shoulder. My final furlong panellists are still with me. We'll be talking about lots of good things, like today, Deirdre gets her annual school holidays. I can't wait to find out what the haul was like on the <laughs> gifts. That and lots more. <laughs> Welcome back to the final furlong here on The Hard Shoulder, as always on a Friday. My panellists today, Kieran Cuddy, presenter of On The Record on News Talk every Sunday from 11 till 1. Steve Cummins, comedian and in good form today. And Barbara Scully, who's never off that radio, journalist. Thank you all for being my guest. And here's a good one. Right. ABBA there. And the reason we're playing that that is because what I've long suspected has been confirmed. Uh, As I say, I'm um, not always right, but I'm never wrong. Uh, Cavan people are the tightest in the country. Uh, The story emanates from Swanlin Bar in County Cavan on Tuesday, the 12th of June. The whole village since that date has been agog because someone in that village won three million yo-yos in the lotto and nobody came forward. The person who won it has confirmed that he didn't tell his wife, didn't tell his family, didn't tell his neighbour, didn't tell anyone and he's not going to until he gets advice and that means until he really, really has to. So the question is, should you keep it from your family? Is this the way to go? Because inevitably, I was thinking, if it was myself, Deirdre would have a list, the length of the arm of spending plans. My children would fall back in love with me and return home and want to uh, uh, be engaging on how to spend the three million. Steve. Would I reveal to my family? Now, I am... Tell anyone. I've always been... Oh, there you go now. But I've always been quite lottery obsessed. Like, I do the lotto and I'll occasionally do the Euromains, right? And I have, of course, all these little fantasies in my head about exactly how I would deliver the message, say, that I'd won to my wife. Everyone else, quite frankly, I don't think I'd be telling them. But, like, I love the idea of just showing up my wife's work and going, I don't know, come here, we're going for a drink, and then I've booked and, this. And or, tell me, do, you, do or, you check your numbers yourself? You wouldn't get her to check them, like? Hell no! No, right. no I don't. I No, I check them myself, just because, I mean, you know, it's... it's you have a lot of time in your hands. I do have a lot of time <laughs> in my hands. And, and it's kind of, it's, it's, my, it's my pension plan. It's my, it's my last-ditch effort, so, you know. Okay. Yourself. But I do think, um, like, I often plan different ways of telling her. Like, 
would you pay off your mortgage and then tell her and go, here's my here's yeah. my mortgage payment? You wouldn't pay off your mortgage. Never pay off your mortgage. They always say that. Hold on to the capital. Why? Keep paying your mortgage. Because you just don't know. You... Hold on a second, but you're Barbara. Paying hold on a second. Insurance. You're paying insurance. You could. Six... You could hold, hold, you... Stop right there. If you're paying 5-6% interest on a mortgage yeah. and you go lodge your 3 million, yeah. you'll get you'll, okay, 0.6 right. of yeah. 1%. Okay. Like the first thing they tell you to I do is know. pay off any debt. I've never, yeah. I've pro- yeah Thank okay. you. Do you know anyway, what, do sorry you, about yeah. that. Do, do, do you know what? I'm, I'm glad, I'm, I'm, glad I'm, not, I'm not an economist, but I'm glad I was right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> clearly, yeah. I couldn't keep Or it do you com- buy tickets in syndicate no, with does. others? No, no, no. Your Sherwood husband. does. Yeah, and we have a row regularly because he insists on buying money and all that means, like, I'm not really great with it. So he insists on buying Euromillions tickets and every so often I have a row with him going we should be buying lotto tickets surely it's easier to win the lotto because Ireland's smaller than Europe and he goes that's not how it works it's about the numbers and about the so he buys mm, Euromillions tickets the odds tickets. are appalling they're yeah. not. you would never buy they're a not. ticket they're not everyone it's a tax on out. ignorance. No, Steve. and that's the other. That's the other one they say. And it's tax yeah. on the poor and everything else. Yeah. No, I've never bought your odds on winning the lotto are fifty fifty. Either you will or you won't. <laughs> <laughs> and there you go. So don't <laughs> give me your fourteen million. Yeah. All right, I'm surprised you got the interest rate. Well, <laughs> 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 so, I, yeah, no, I, I mean, I could not imagine something like that this, happening. But just in terms of yeah. the secrecy, yeah. Uh, how would you? How would you front up to your neighbours and so on? We're after winning three million. No, no, I probably. You see, it depends on whether you win the lotto or you win the win the euro millions. Like if you won three million on the lot, this is going to sound awful. That's no longer an enormous amount of money. If you have kids and if you have a mortgage and if you have debt, you know that you you know it's not going to be a necessarily so a huge what would life you changing. Consider, like, it has to be another digit on it. Yeah, if you won 10. like something in the euro millions that you could really kind of do stuff with. Yeah. But then I suppose, and you really could help other people. But then nearly all those people in the euro millions are in a syndicate of seventeen. You know what I mean? To are cover they? No, it. I thought there was. I think well, a lot was of Dolores, individuals. Dolores that time. Limerick won 110 yeah. million because I remember I was driving home from Galway from a gig in Galway and I'm originally from Limerick and then I heard the Euro Millions was won in Limerick and I'm like oh my god and the woman who won it, uh, it was living in Gary Owen and I'm like oh my god that's where my mum lives and then I went oh she was drinking in the Black Battery pub and I went no no my mother wasn't there so I was yeah. gutted <laughs> but she won 110 million and I mean the, but no, but the point is this: I could imagine if I won, people would be texting in and saying that they could I sponsor this. That's the problem. You know, but I mean, if you win, if, you this. know, if you win, like the smaller, the lot of millions, I would. I couldn't keep it from my family like your man and Kevin. There's no way I could keep it from my family, right? Because I'd explode just having to tell somebody. So the obvious people would be you tell your family, and you could sort everybody out, and that's great. But if you won the Euro Millions. Then I think you, because we spend hours, this is the best thing about the lottery, I agree with you, it's like the chances of winning it are slim and none. Mm. But the crack you can have every so often, and we sit down and we're out fantasising oh. about what you do. I mean, we're going to buy this house in the country. We're going to have, we were talking about this earlier, we're going to have an animal wildlife sanctuary. We're going to have it stuffed okay. with all kinds of broken animals. put me in mind very quickly so, on that joke. Are you getting bored now? No, no, no. I was, I'm actually <laughs> thinking of a gag I'm going to do on, on, Don't do on Kieran, which is, because Kieran works for News Talk, part of his income plan is to actually buy I lost her too. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> it. Yeah. Every week, yeah, you are millions of right. lotto scratch cards. Both, you name it. Both of you here wearing mink slippers. While <laughs> yeah, you're exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All three of you. Yeah. Do you know the, that? Sorry, very quick about that cabin man. I think this could be it. You know, the, there was some old joke years ago. But what about the begging letters? And your man go, ah, I'll still keep sending them. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
Well, sure. the other cabbage joke isn't it? That's how they say copper wire was formed, invented, wasn't it? Two cabin men fighting over a penny. Indeed. Um, <laughs> but I, I, yeah. I uh, yeah, like Barbara said, it's the fantasy you're buying yeah. into. And I know that a colleague of ours out here told me, and this is kind of sad actually, as I say it out loud. And now that we do it, he says we don't check the numbers for about 24 hours so that you can oh, imagine that you might in the fantasy. So you, can, you can imagine well, we that you might have won them. It. We stopped piling them for weeks and no, then, then check when a load you hear of them. on the news or something that you know someone. From Limerick has won it. I mean, the other, but the other point is, it's it's sort of going to end in disappointment. Like, why not just get your pain straight over? It's like if I back a horse and it loses, just let's deal with this straight away. No, you know, because you, you're a, there's realists and dreamers yeah. in this world, life, and yeah. you're a realist. Okay. Right? So you have to be able to buy into the fantasy and keep that fantasy going. It's great going to bed the night yeah, of the Euro Millions. Right. Don't check the numbers, and you go and you th- and you could just think. And what we often think is, God, if we found out tomorrow morning we won, what's the first the first thing you could buy? Because yeah. you can't go out and like buy you know, your dream house yeah, in the crack of dawn. Yeah. So I, we often think that a car is the first real luxury thing you could kind of get by lunchtime. Yeah. 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 And that's what we've decided. So that's the very first thing we okay. do. So we need to keep watching need if Kieran yeah. changes his car. <laughs> need to say we've had no texts at 53106 from anyone in Cavan to say it's, it's untrue. <laughs> because because it cost 30 cents. Yeah, because it cost 30 cents to be fair. Can much. I just they say they I didn't like Cavan at all. I never said anything about Cavan right, people. Right, Nor okay. would I. Right, they can get into the entry of complaints against the show. <laughs> right, <laughs> on to this. When's the last time you got or wrote a handwritten letter? Or when, when do you ever write a letter? Not last week, not last year, not last decade. A survey by Cunard, the cruise company, found that 26% of people have not sent or received a handwritten letter in the past decade. It seems it's a lost art. 65% of 25 to 34-year-olds, that means maybe you, Karen, um, hardly ever pick up a pen. Now they can't spell. They have to use autocorrect on their smartphones. Um, they're illiterate and all of that. Does this come as a surprise? To oh, you? I'm just outside that age bracket, actually. So, okay. but, um, you're too young. Okay, <laughs> <You're> sixteen. <laughs> uh, no, it like it doesn't surprise me. I was trying to think beforehand of the last time I did write a letter, mm. and I don't. The last time I can remember writing a letter was I went on the French exchange when I was in second year in school, which would have been 1996, maybe. And we were encouraged, you know, afterwards to write letters back mm. to the other people to tell us, you know, how, oh God, we were getting on great. I had such a lovely time. And I think that was probably the last time I hand I hand mm. wrote a letter. 1996 to Johan Bruce in uh, Moray Sur Long, if he's listening, on the app. Okay. Um, Did he but, reply? Uh, yeah, probably. And that was the last time. And, and then, you know, they, they want you to be, you know, be, become pen pals. But of course you don't do it. Like, See, the, the other point is that if you do it handwritten, you can't do an emoji. Uh-huh. You, you know, you know what I mean. I don't know. Bent. For, for people who don't get texts off Ivan, he is an emoji addict. I know. Are you an no, emoji no, addict? No, 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 no. no he the is. reason he I actually use he doesn't emojis. even use. Oh, I am regular I am, characters. I'm not an addict. Do you look through and find the really no. obscure ones? No, no, just no, 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 no. What I do is say someone sends you a text and then you reply and you deal with the matter at hand and then they send you another text. You need to tell them this is the end of this conversation. So I just send an emoji. It's like a full stop. But you could tell I'm your term at the end. You get like a bikini, the dancing man, <laughs> <laughs> and that smiling kind of blue. That one. You know, you do the one with the alcohol. You know, the two beard yes, laughs. Yes, I can together. picture that. That's the one I usually send. Like, would you ever get lost? But um, the, the 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 point about it is that it it probably 
I, I, I'm, I'm thinking of the, I, I write a few letters a year people write in here God love them to complain or whatever now I have a team of it people it is usually to complain I, I have a team of people actually, and some of them are very sweet they're so very sweet and they want to tell you it could be a really you know awful moment in their life uh, a bereavement or something like that and I feel compelled to write back to them and News Talk provided me with letter paper. I, I as I speak having convulsions saying this because please don't write to me anymore because but it's do like, you hand it write write work for me. I would I would, I would. Letters, but I keep nice. it I'm I keep it kind of hope you're keeping well still though make that's a point actually sorry, but I do sketches at the beginning but no I mean this kind of goes against the whole Ivan Yates no, image no what do you do actually have a what bit of do? a heart somewhere in the bottom. No, 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 no. This, this is just to be added to my chore list. But like the point about it is this. It's so much better to get an email and forward it on to the producers. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, pass, you could pass the book faster uh, than exactly, the Irish rugby Exactly, team, yeah. yeah. I, was doing a, I was doing a fundraiser, uh, a charity gig in Google's head offices. For you know, I, I, the reason I mentioned charity gig because, you know, you're being nice, I'll be nice. But I had to borrow a pen and it was a comedy of errors. I literally said, can I borrow a pen from somebody in Google's head office? And they were, pen, pen, pen. Do you have, no, I don't have a pen. Anyone have a pen? Not, <laughs> a, I, I was good 15 minutes before someone could find me a pen in Google's head office. Obviously, it's all electronic, electronic this, yeah. electronic that, electronic the other. I haven't written a letter in years, but I, I've, I've always had bad handwriting. Perfect spelling and grammar, by the way. But What about a letter of sympathy? That was something maybe you should mm, handwrite. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, yeah, and I can remember the last time I wrote a letter, um, I think was probably in the early 80s. I lived in the Canaries for winter and I wrote to, my mother wrote to me every week and I wrote back to her every week. And my mother, when I came home, kept all the letters that I had written back to her and she gave the them Gale to Tox. me. Now that you yeah. say that, I did it in the Gale Talks. Sorry, yeah. 97 then. There you go. go. Okay. You, and, you've got a great career in politics, amnesia. Bring you to tribunal. <laughs> I just don't recall that, yeah. And I have all the letters that she wrote to me, which are up in a bag in the attic. And they're brilliant because my mother's letters were a hilarious mix of the day to day, what was happening at mm. home, the gossip from the neighbourhood and minute by minute account of that week's episode of Dallas. Um, and they were brilliant letters, which I used to read out to all. I was repping and all the reps we used to gather in a pub after the flight came in. It came in on the flight mail and I'd read and everybody say, tell us what happened in Dallas. And I'd be able to read all the letters. But the thing about a handwritten letter is you tend to keep it. I have all of those kept. I have another box upstairs You're in the a attic. Hoarder. No, I'm not. I'm actually not a hoarder. I chuck everything out. But letters I will keep. I have letters from old would boyfriends. You, I, was just I have say, letters would you, old from old boyfriends. Yeah, and do you and remember? What does he think of that? He doesn't know they're upstairs. He has right, no interest. Okay, no. But do you remember? You, nobody probably here remember. Well, you'd remember uh, back in the day when when um, teen. Well, you probably didn't read yeah, teen magazines. On. Used to have pen pals. There was lists of pen pals and tea magazines. Yeah, As the Jackie, no, the teen. Jackie teen. As oh, in teenagers, teen, teenager, teenager, teen. teen, teen magazines had lists of pen that, pals. That aging that you skipped yeah. when oh, you went from childhood yeah. straight to middle age. You think there were I teen magazines? Working. I was a child slave, so, <laughs> like I'd never be. so you bought magazines I have, in your teenager. No, yeah, and you you then picked out and you'd you'd write to uh, somebody in France. It seemed like very cosmopolitan and very sophisticated, um, and you'd get these letters back that weren't on lined paper; were on the paper with the little boxes on in strange handwriting. Um, and I have some of those kept as well. Well, oh, so, it's actually quite sweet. It is, yeah. So I do. I think you know. Would yeah. You, but when did you something. last look at them? Tell uh, the truth. I probably go back and well. 
You see, you can compare that to nowadays. I have the Sorry, same problem. It was problem. a straight question. It's November 1972 okay, I don't what? know. The last time I was up in the attic, a long time ago, um, that I had nothing to do. But it's, it's, this, a, it's a lovely ago. rainy day afternoon thing to do, is to get out old letters and read them back. Dear ex-boyfriend. I'm crying. Do you know something? Dukes and swine. You do well, know Dallas is over now. You're not going to learn anything Bobby came out of the shower. I'm going They're all very mean. That brings us. I thought that was a lovely insight. Internet writing. We we are suitably no, you're not. sentimental. No, you're no not. actually, it is. All, all, in all, it is it's sweet. Not. I love the idea that you can look back at something like mm. you're, you're never going to look back over emails from eight years ago. Which no, brings us on to our Thank final you. topic. Going straight to you, Steve. Go Disappointments. On. Germany are out of the World <laughs> Cup. Can you believe it? You Could you see it coming? Moment. It's the first time since 1938 that West Germany or the Unified Germany team has not advanced beyond the state. The you know the group stage of the tournament. The sporting world is full of disappointments. I call racing a game of disappointments. So the question to each of the panellists, what has been the biggest disappointment you've ever had to encounter, Steve? Other than this exact moment of my life and where my career has led. I'm like, um, weird. I was thinking about this today and I was trying to think come up because I'm, I'm you know, a happy idiot most of the time. But I do remember a present that I got for my birthday when I was 17 and I remember going, and it kind of fitted in with that woman who was giving out about presents earlier. But I was quite shocked because basically it was, I was given a tease made. Do you remember a tease made? <laughs> Reminds it was me a of clo- Hummus. It was a clock. It? Exactly. The Generation, the generation Game or one of those. Game, they it was basically a, a clock with a with teapot tea. and it would, the alarm would go off and it would make, make you a cup tea. of tea. No way. Now yeah. here's, I swear to God, now here's a few Google things about it. it. I had never, I wasn't a tea drinker. I wasn't a fan. I was 17. Yeah. My mum, God rest her, she had to source this because what had happened was I had once watching the Generation Game gone, that's quite a clever idea. And that was it. And then she stored Lodged that away. Brain, yeah. And then, and then it was because I remember. So where just did being, the disappointment come in? I was because I was seventeen. You know, when you're seventeen, you're like your birthday is a big deal. You know what okay. I mean? When you're a teenager, and, and she'd was, gone to all this trouble. She'd gone to all this trouble. Oh no, I hid as well. I'll be honest, right now. So yeah. Once, once I stopped crying. <laughs> and that's the biggest disappointment <laughs> that, in, your in life. my life. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I've been lucky enough. I mean, I've you know, I'm happily married. My kids still think I'm amazing. Right. So, you know. Do you not think you're in total denial? <laughs> if I can remain in denial all my life, then who, who cares? Right, right. <laughs> I think life is full of disappointments. I think, and I actually think that, you know, unless you kind of embrace disappointment and say, you know, this this is what life is about. Things, you know, ducks don't swim in straight lines and you just be prepared for it. But life is full of disappointments. Like airbrushing them out is not a good I'm idea. I'm not airbrushing anything out. Give me an example of some of the disappointments of life and I'll tell you if I find them disappointing. What would you well, consider well, no, would, would you have disappointments in relation to career, disappointments in relation to money, disappointments in relation to sporting results. You know, if Man City don't win, if Leinster don't win, I can be very disappointed. Can you heard me talk about the GA? I can be bitter about it and disappointed. I I can be disappointed for actually a couple of days. Uh, You know what I mean? Just that they get knocked out of or lose in a cup final or something like that, I can be disappointed about that. I can be disappointed. I think disappointment is a much in terms Bigger of benchmarks term, in work, I can be disappointed. No, I, I could imagine something might just be You don't need annoyed. to set expectations and targets and, and objectives. But I think set expectations on something that's important, not Man City, whether or not they okay. kick the ball right. Uh, have you? What, my what? life is a roller coaster. Disappointments. I'm a freelancer, so I spend my time pitching out ideas and okay. things to broadcasters and publishers that get you know either ignored or turned down a lot of the and time. And it's part of the territory so that you get a percentage hit rate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, and that took me an awfully long time to get used to. But probably outside of that, 
uh, biggest disappointments. <laughs> the first time I took my car for an NCT and it failed, I honestly felt like as if my child had just failed their leaving cert. It's and that I, I was I was gutted and disappointed and ashamed. Um, and that surprised me. I once went but on holidays. But you learned to slip them at 20 the next oh, time. <laughs> I once went on holidays to Gozo at Easter and that was a terrible disappointment. Um, but I think probably the biggest one was when I left school, I had harboured um, a, um, a, a career ambition to go and work in Aer Lingus Ground Ops. And I thought, yeah, I, this is great. And I got a good leave insert. I'm going to apply. And they sent me to do an aptitude test in those days. And I failed the aptitude test. And I'll never forget getting the letter from Aer Lingus telling me I hadn't been successful. I was full sure I was going sure. to get it. I thought I would be brilliant at it. I could see myself in the uniform at the airport organising people yeah. and I thought I'd be deadly at it. And um, I could, it took me weeks to get over yeah. the fact that but Aer Lingus I, I think, turned I think it me makes down. You, you know, if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. Oh, it makes you stronger. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I can get disappointed if I'm looking forward to something and it's cold off because of the rain. I mean, I can get disappointed a lot. Kieran, do you ever get disappointed? Yeah, like it's funny, like all the things mentioned there, like I have failed exams, important exams, I've with family bereavement, all that sort of thing. But when when Kieran, we got the family the email, bereavement isn't quite that's disappointing. It is. It can be. It's disappointing if they leave you nothing in the will. But it's not. <laughs> it's <laughs> not really disappointing. <laughs> it's a bit bigger than it's a disappointment. Well, it's not disappointing. <laughs> what is? It? What's the opposite to disappointment? It's sad. It's grief. Excitement. It's not really disappointing. No, I'm with you, Kieran. Yeah, exactly. Imagine someone going, "I'm really disappointed." My Why? It's not happening. Not as disappointed as the primary school teachers of his kids. Future disappointment. <laughs> I think it does qualify as disappointing. Anyway, my point was that uh, I, none of that sprung to mind. It was sport. Sport is the most is where yeah. you experience most disappointment. Yeah. And what I thought of was uh, losing a county final in 2012 and getting relegated from senior down to yeah. intermediate in 2008 with my club at home. And you could uh, be as sick as a parrot. Standout disappointments in you my need, life. You need help. Yeah. Steve. Yeah. And or <laughs> you need this disappointment in you your need, life. You need well, someone maybe, to talk to because yeah. you've airbrushed a lot of the disappointment out of your life. <laughs> I've airbrushed. Now that you all, oh, like, all joking aside, I can airbrush your poor anything. mother who gave you that cuckoo clock or whatever it was. <laughs> cuckoo <laughs> clock. <laughs> it was a cheese mate. I wish I had it now. Probably worth a I know, I just Googled it. You can still buy it. There's new ones out for like 110 quid. For 110 quid. Yeah. Just Googled it there while you were So On that note, I am going to not disappoint the listeners by terminating the final furlong. My thanks to Kieran Cuddy, Steve Cummins and Barbara Scully for being such good sports on the hard shoulder and we look forward to having you back. My thanks, because that's our lot for the week, my thanks to the entire production team, Ashling Moore, Dan Flanagan, Elaine Power, Steve Daunt um, and of course Mark Simpson. On sound we had Michael Quilligan and Peter Malloy. Off the Ball is up next. I'll be back on Monday with more from the hard shoulder. Have a fantastic sunny weekend and thanks for listening.